Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome to FST Fantasy Sports Today, the game day edition. Right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thank you for joining us. Good times ahead. Next couple of hours, we're going to go through all of Scott Engel's rankings. We'll talk about uh, the news of the day, major stories, uh, and uh, get you updated on any injuries. So, uh, was a good night on Thursday night for my Steelers. So, uh, I probably spent the first uh, hour and 40 minutes of the show talking about that. But uh, uh, I'll, I'll spare you with all 140 and get it over to my co-host to start, uh, Scott Engel. And Jim Day, first Scott Angle. You can find him on Twitter at Scott E. Roto X. And Scotty, good morning on this fine Sunday morning. Gotten a lot chillier in the New York area, but uh, not as windy as it was yesterday. Yep, uh, feeling good for our listeners in uh, Florida and down south. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's going to be a, an interesting day. Some, some interesting games today. Uh, and, uh, you know, got all my lineups set. Now, uh you know, getting ready for another week. Yeah, on that weather front, temperatures temperatures have dropped across the country. I, I just think that's what's noticeable when you look at the sites for today's games, but we don't really see any weather issues beyond that. Uh, I'm not seeing any high wind gusts. If they had played yesterday, we would have had some serious problems uh, around this area, but not seeing that today. So, uh, Jim, I'll kick it over Wait, to you. Can I, I post? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. I yeah. don't, I, just a, a big point here. We may be looking at a very real, real possibility that the San Francisco New York Giant game is postponed tomorrow night. Excellent point. Because of the wildfires in California. Yeah, and uh, uh, they had to cut their practice short yesterday because of it, and yeah. now they're not sure what they're going to be doing with this. Yeah, so that's Jim Day. You can find him on Twitter at Fantasy Taz. And to Jim's point. Uh, that is uh, a very possible postponement. Uh, it's uh, tragic what's happening in California right now. There have been many deaths now related to these wildfires. Obviously, you wouldn't be able to play in areas heavily filled with smoke. So I think that's uh, that's exactly what Jim's referring to. Um, and I don't know, Jim, the interesting thing about that is that I don't know that they could... Like, remember a couple of years ago when we had the Blizzards in New York and the Giants ended up having to play that Tuesday night game in Minnesota or whatever it was? Um, yeah, well, wasn't that because the, the stadium in Minnesota collapsed? Was that was that what it was? I can't even remember. Yeah, I, I believe that... I think that's when the, the they had the problem at the Minnesota stadium. And then they played in New Orleans? To, yeah, they played somewhere else, yeah. I think that Arizona, was Arizona, maybe? So... Yeah. Uh, um, but th- to that point, they had a venue available right away. I don't know that they would have any idea if that got postponed, if they could play it Tuesday in San Francisco. Like that problem may very well persist. So are they going to try to figure out an alternate venue, maybe fly down to, I mean, L.A. Is, is dealing with wildfires as well. So I don't know that any there's any plan B. I don't know if you've even seen uh, anything related to a p- potential plan B for that. I haven't yet. I've been scouring, trying to find something of what they're talking about. But uh, that's all I've really seen is that there's a very possible connection that they may postpone the game. But you're right. They're going to have to look for something while New York is still on the West Coast. Yeah. So obviously it's about the least important thing about the wildfires. But related to your fantasy games, um, I guess you'll just have to stay tuned to see if that game gets postponed. To They, they really can't postpone it to any other time other than later this week at a different venue. So those stats will count. They can't cancel the game. There's just really, despite the fact that both of those teams out of the play are out of the playoffs, too much comes into it with tiebreakers. So uh, they have to play that game. And I would suspect it'll be later this week, regardless of what venue it is in. So, um, so that's it on that major note there, the bye weeks for the week, Ravens, Broncos, 
Texans, Vikings. So you Adam Thielen owners, I'm sure, are a little bummed out. Uh, but we got to pivot, and we'll go through Scott's rankings in the next hour and a half to make sure we know exactly where you're at. So let's uh, recap. Just a quick note on the Steelers the other night. You know, they, they obviously look great. They spread the ball around a lot. Roethlisberger had a great game. but on, on And on the Panthers' side of things, you get a great game out of Chris McCaffrey. Cam through a devastating interception early that kind of got the ball rolling for the Steelers. But just just talk about it from an NFL and a team perspective, Scott. I think Ron Rivera put it best. Like, this just stuff happens sometimes. I'm cleaning it up a little bit. Stuff happens. I don't I don't think this, to me, means that the Panthers are going so far in the wrong direction that you have to really be concerned about them. I think they just played a tough game on a short week in a really difficult venue, and it just didn't go their way. I don't think they are a bad team by any means. Uh, I think Pittsburgh just came out with a great defensive game plan. And from a fantasy perspective, I think the Pittsburgh defense can be underrated in some circles, especially by mainstreamers. And Cam Newton said it really good after the game. You know, they they really, you know, are, were very effective with their wide rushes and discipline, not allowing them to get out of the pocket. You know, you talk about offensively, you see what they did. But defensively, they played a very, very good game, which you have to worry about as a Cam Newton owner going forward because now that sets a blueprint for other teams to watch on film. Yeah, conceivably, Jim. And I, I thought... Uh, to Scott's point, the Steelers actually really did play a good game defensively. They they clearly had a couple of special teams plays that went their way as well, but that was the best that the defense has looked to me probably all year. Uh, this is a team. This is a team that led the defense, led the NFL. <laughs> excuse me, in sacks last year, and just were not doing a good job of pressuring the quarterback earlier this year. They were giving up tons of big plays in the secondary. And I'm not saying it's all the way cleaned up, but this team looks a lot better, and especially defensively, which is where they looked rough at the beginning of the year. Well, we could speak to that. I mean, on on the season, uh, Pittsburgh is 26th against opposing quarterbacks in in Mm -hmm. fantasy points per week. Over the last five weeks, they're actually number four. So they've definitely made a you know a very good trend upward in defense. They're playing much better uh, over those same five weeks. They're number one against the run. Uh, again, neither one of these very good run defenses really did much to stop the run this true? past week. Uh, Connor was having his way before he got injured and left. Uh, McCaffrey definitely had his way. So uh, you know goes to Scotty's point that you know no defenses are ever solid in this league anymore. And you know while Pittsburgh's defense played great, I mean their offense was just outstanding at home yeah three touchdowns inside of the first five minutes in nfl records so um they the points were flowing early look i have a lot of guys on these teams uh spread around i I shouldn't say a lot of guys on the panthers but i I do have olsen i have mccaffrey i have connor everywhere i have uh juju and i have antonio brown and i didn't play ben roethlisberger as a matter of fact i had a matt ryan ben roethlisberger choice and i went with matt ryan so we'll see what he does to get today against cleveland i i'm not gonna i'll be bummed if it goes the wrong way but i looked at it i evaluated it and maybe i should have taken advantage of a ben home game but i didn't like a short week against the panthers so i went with matt ryan and it process over results kind of thing What's that? He was banged up, too. Yeah. So, exactly. He's complaining about uh, being hurt, which he often does. But uh, I digress. So, on the ma- major story on the Steelers there, Jim, is that now reports are saying that Le'Veon Bell is unlikely to report to the Steelers this year. Based on the fact that stories started coming out really in the last week or so since we last spoke on, on this show, uh, that... It seemed to be, and I don't know where the stories came from, but it seemed to be that the Steeler or that uh, his agent, Le'Veon Bell's agent, had just discovered some language in the CBA related to him holding out for the year, and it has been misreported widely that he had to show up in order to gain a year of service for free agency. I raised my hand in saying that I misreported it. But I had many sources telling me that the opposite was true, that he needed to show up for November 13th. It isn't the case. 
He's going to be a free agent in March, whether he plays or he doesn't play. At this point, after seeing what happened with Earl Thomas and Des Bryant, and I do think those are influential factors, I think Le'Veon Bell's not showing up. I don't see why he would show up. And James Conner owners just keep riding it, correct? Yeah, no, absolutely. I've been saying that for a while. Damn, I got to stop that. Sorry, Scott. He he hates my yeah, no. Um, yeah, yeah. Or is it just no? a speech pattern. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Look, it, I I've been saying this all year. I I don't like to pat myself on the back, but I am on this one. Uh, you know, preseason on the frenzy. I called it. I thought he was going to hold out till at least week ten because, like you said, we were all under the impression he had to be back by week ten to get the accrued season. Definitely not on you, Mike. Everybody out there. Every big site in the world was reporting that he had to show up. So it is what it is. Um, the CBAs, you know, you need a mountain of lawyers to be able to pull that thing apart and figure out what it's saying. Uh, fortunately, they did. And they found that, that wording that gets him out of it. And once we heard that, it just became, you know, just natural for him at this point to sit out the season. Doesn't make any sense for him to come back now. He's turned away $14 million. Why come on the field now, not get paid the money he really wants and get hurt? Just like what happened with Des Bryant. And I'm sure that factored in. There's no doubt. But I don't really think once they found that term terminology, he had his out for the season. He wasn't coming back. And, you know, everybody out there was panicking about James Conner should be breathing a sigh of relief right now. Yeah, totally. Lessons learned for fantasy players, too. For the second year in a row, we had this Ezekiel Elliott last year. And even some of us fantasy analysts, you know, not seeing you necessarily, Mike, but. Everybody trying to make a prediction on when guys are going to come back from holdouts, when they're going to be suspended, etc. You can't predict these things, and you certainly shouldn't base making fantasy trades uh, you know, on these sort of factors. The last few weeks, I've been telling people, you don't want any part of the Le'Veon Bell situation. Don't trade for him. You just don't know what the situation is going to be. You can't base any trading factors on anything like that. One of my leagues about five weeks ago, I, tr- I, I traded Le'Veon Bell to get Sony Michelle because, you know, it had the James Conner owner was just very worried about it. You got to take advantage of those kind of things and not get sucked in on your own. Yeah, I mean, I think anybody that tr- traded for Le'Veon Bell any time between <laughs> July 14th, which I think was the, the deadline for the franchise tag, and now is nuts. I, I think you that was a total guess on your part. I can't say that I was as strong as Jim in thinking that he was definitely going to hold out, but I did think it was a strong possibility. And I had people online and Jim, in fact, in the chat room that you set up calling me crazy and they'd bet me a bunch of money. And I'm like, I just don't think he's showing up. I think he's going to try to preserve himself. So instead of getting into arguments online, I just drafted James Conner everywhere because I thought there was no way that he was going to play a full season. Um, whether he didn't show up in September or he made business decisions later, I just didn't think it was likely that he would put himself on the line all the way. So here we are. I don't blame him. I also don't blame the Steelers. I see both sides of it. The Steelers <laughs> investing in potentially a 20, about to be 28-year-old running back. He's got an injury history. He's got a lot of miles, which they put on him. But nonetheless, he's got the miles. He's got a suspension history. I understand why they didn't want to give him uh, all that money. It, uh, the Steelers also just don't pay veterans more than one year guarantee. They just don't really do it. There, there's a couple of guys on the team that have that Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger, and they're not going to do it for a running back when they have a guy that's obviously capable. So uh, from the bell side, I get it. What I, the only thing I would, the only thing I would say, Jim, we only have a couple of minutes here. The only thing I'd say about on the levy on Bell's side of things is I don't know that he's going to recoup all of the money, um, the all of the earning potential that he would have seen. Now he's effectively sacrificed fourteen and a half million dollars. Will he get all that money back? No, but maybe he gets thirty million guaranteed from somebody. That's what they were looking for anyway, and he can extend his career a little bit into his thirties. Uh, fair to say. Oh, absolutely. That's what he's looking for. And like you say, you, you don't get that money back. It's not going to come, you know, but he is going to get that next contract. He's not going to be injured. And while he may be a year older, he, he'll have a, a year of rest as well. Yeah. Uh, some more Miami nightclubbing, I'm sure, in his future. 
But uh, look, he's still a great player. There's no getting away from that. Uh, is he, you know, worrisome? Does he have issues co- going along with it? Absolutely. But it, somebody out there is going to pay him next year. He's going to be starting somewhere, uh, and he's going to have good fantasy results. He's just that good a player. It's hard for you know to see that not happening. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Steelers fan. I ain't mad at him. I'm just saying, I t- I get it. It's it's part of the business, and he may actually set a blueprint for some other players to do stuff like that. Any last thoughts on that, Scott? Uh, yeah, I think people be less afraid to hold, to hold out for an entire season now. Yeah, the thought process was always in the past. We learned we learned a lot more about the CBA. Like you say, you were confused. It's. You know, I'm sure other people were, were very confused. It was I a mean, confusing situation. ESPN, CBS, NBC, this is misreported widely. So, I get it. His agent might not even know what's going on, according to reports, which may also be erroneous. We'll come back with the quarterbacks next on FST on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for joining us. Keep it locked. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Beatles get it going on a Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us on FST Game Day. Mike Blewett, Scott Angle, Jim Day on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Free to download, free to listen, tune in radio, iHeartRadio, terrestrial radio stations across the country. Thank you. We appreciate it. So, um, we went over the major stories of the day. We'll do the injuries throughout, but I guess I should start. Before we get to QBs, the Des Bryant thing. Say what you will about the guy. That's brutal. I mean, it's sad. I, I feel sad for older players where that kind of stuff happens because his career is now in jeopardy. Uh, Steve Smith came back from this at an advanced age. Steve Smith was actually even older than Des when he did this, but it's a bummer. Um, it, it is as Scott used the term earlier, it's a bit of a cautionary tale for those of us that are trying to figure out, well, this veteran, once he comes back and he'll come back, I don't know what's because he wasn't in good shape, but it certainly seems that way. We're not in playing shape and he comes out there and he's trying to go a hundred percent and boom, here's his Achilles. The saints had him for two days. Uh, so to those of you that bid a couple of hundred bucks on Des, I'm sorry you don't get a return, but I, I just sort of feel bad. For him, it's kind of a sad thing, Scott. Yeah, well, it's two things. Number one, he's not old. He He's 30 years old. That's not for well, old for a wide receiver whatsoever. That said, you know, he certainly did look old the last two years that he played, though. And I think injuries took some sort of toll on him. And you're right. You know, I was talking to Tracy Hankin from Inside Injuries yesterday, and she was telling me out of conversations with Dr. A, and it mirrors exactly what you said. Because Dez didn't play all of the preseason and training camp, and he missed nine weeks, his body wasn't used to that, that sort of intense physical regimen that he had in practices. And, you know, that's why, you know, players like that, are open to suffering freak injuries. And, you know, Sam Garns talked about that also last week on lineup block about soft tissue injuries with somebody like Le'Veon Bell can come back. You got to be careful. Too many people got snowed by the name. We saw in one of our leagues, like, some guy spent half his fab budget on Dez. Then I saw... I, I saw Des getting traded for like David Johnson in some leagues because people just look at the name. You can't look at the name. You got to look at the circumstances. I didn't bid. I didn't bid one dime on Des. 
I had no interest. I bet $43 in a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I took go. them in one league just as a what the heck chance. Yeah. I mean, which I, I'm not criticizing people for. It's just, it's a little crazy that people thought it Sounds was. Sounds like be. you are. No. The, the guy that <laughs> spent half the fab budget. I'm getting quite that's defensive. A, up that's here, a, that's a little aggressive. So we'll we'll get to the Saints wide receiving core in a little bit because the the one guy, the one deep sleeper that Scotty was on in the preseason that I'm aware of is Traquan Smith, and now he's looking even better and better because not only did they lose Des, but Cam Meredith's gone too. So we'll get to the wide receivers uh, when we can. Other, well, uh, they uh, are talking about bringing back, uh, you know, the the other Brandon Marshall guy. <laughs> oh. It's, uh, that may still get in that mix. Yeah. Supposedly uh, he impressed them when he was there for his workout, just not enough to sign him. All right. Well, we'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, we'll, and we'll That's continue. If all, they, if all they want is like a big target for the end zone. Uh, he makes sense. You know, he, he would appear to make sense. But, you know, Seattle was looking for the same thing, and it didn't. It really didn't pan out. He's, he's like such a desperate, des- desperation sign right now. I was surprised that he's seen, like pushing, w- pushing Austin Carr, you know, into you know, trying to motivate him. I was surprised that uh, Brandon Marshall even signed with Seattle. Like I just thought he was kind of done with football uh, altogether. But uh, he's hanging in there. So uh, they all do right. that. Pete Tar- Carroll will take a, a crack, you know, on a player, and if he doesn't it doesn't work out, he'll he'll cut him. So. Yeah. So we'll get into the injury news uh, as we keep going through it. Um, Rob Gronkowski not expected to play. Guys like that, we'll, we'll get into it in a position-by-position position basis. So uh, let's start it off with Scott's rankings. You can find these every week in the Roto Experts in-season exclusive edge package at rotoexperts.com. And we start out at QB. No surprise, Pat Mahomes coming in at number one against the Arizona Cardinals. Cam Newton came in at number two. Probably not going to happen. He had... Uh, Average day. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, number three. Matt Ryan at number four. So to my point about picking Matty Ice over Ben Roethlisberger, I felt pretty good about it, too. Drew Brees comes in at number five, going to Cincinnati in a pretty big game for the Bengals. Uh, Andrew Luck at number six, going up against the Jags. Phil Rivers at seven, uh, going at, uh, at the Raiders. Could expect some big points there. Ryan Fitzpatrick facing off against Washington. Jared Goff. Uh, number nine, hosting Seattle. And then Carson Wentz comes in at number 10, hosting Dallas. So, Jim, I'll throw it over to you first. Anybody there pop for you? Cam, uh, obviously, he's already played. He's not going to have a number two type of day, most likely. But uh, anybody else there pop for you? I, I, I was confident in Ryan over Roethlisberger, and it's probably a miss. But uh, I, obviously, Matty Ice sets up pretty well today at Cleveland. Yeah, right. You can't say it's a miss yet. It, it he hasn't played. He had, look, Ben had a great game, no doubt about it. You know, perfect passer rating, five touchdowns, uh, what three incompletions. Going to be hard to top that, but Ryan could come close. We've seen it before. You know, uh, Trubisky had the six touchdown performance. We saw a couple of guys on Sunday came really close. So you know, it, you can't really get behind. Like Scott says, whatever happens Thursday could always happen on Sunday or Monday. Um, but that being said, you know, and Ryan's been playing at such an elite level every week, whereas Ben has the home and away splits that we're all familiar with. Uh, even though this was a home game, I, I get it. Um, as as we'll see in a minute, Scott had his doubts about Ben because of the injuries as well, had him down at 12 this week. So, it, you know, it makes sense. Sometimes it just doesn't work for you. But what we do, you know, we have to go by the logic that points to us. This game doesn't really fall to logic when push comes to the show. Uh, outside of that, though, I, I love the fact that he's got Ryan Fitzpatrick in the top 10. A lot of people are still hard finding it hard to take him as a top 10 Agreed. quarterback each week. And, you know, every time he's played, he's been a top six or better quarterback. So I, I love the fact that, that Scotty's pushed him up there. Phillip Rivers, to me, while, you know, great matchup against Oakland, I, I still think he puts up great points. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he has less than 10 passing attempts in the second half. So hopefully he puts up those numbers early, which is very possible, as we saw Nick Mullins do to that defense last week. Uh, but I, I think in the second half we see a total running attack here coming from the Chargers, and hopefully Phillip gets his early. Yeah. Um, yeah, and two things on, on what he said real quick. Uh, Washington is 23rd 
uh, against quarterbacks points against, and they have allowed uh, 20 point games in four of their last five. And you know, as far as far as the Raiders go, yeah, they could be running in the second half, but. How do they get there? You know, how does it become a no, blowout? No. Yeah. That's why yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm, that's why I'm not saying yeah. no to Rivers. Absolutely, I'm starting him. Yeah. And here, just to further on your point about Washington, over the last five weeks, Washington has absolutely been the worst defense against opposing quarterbacks. Number 32 in the league in fantasy points allowed per game. They've actually flip flop with Tampa Bay, whereas Tampa. Tampa Bay is worse on the full year. Over the last five weeks, Tampa Bay's 27th, while Washington's 32nd. Over the last five weeks, Washington's well, dead last. Hang on, Scott. One sec. one sec, Scott. Oh, I have a question for Jim. Yeah. Uh, Jim, did you say Washington was 32nd in the last five weeks? Dead against last, opposing? Yes. All right. Good stuff. Go ahead, yep. Scotty. And, and 31st against wide receivers over that same span. You're getting smoked. So go ahead, Scott. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, they only had one good game against an opposing quarterback in the last five, and that was against... The Giants when Eli Manning scored twelve point six against them, <laughs> twisting the knife. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I had somebody ask me a question about Fitzpatrick versus Trubisky because Trubisky seemingly has a good matchup, and I said it was Fitz. You know, the rankings, the projections, all that kind of stuff. And he kept coming back. You know, well, we have these questions with people that are asking his questions. He keeps coming back to me, but what about this? But what about this? And I'm like, I'm just telling you. I would play Fitz over Trubisky. I'm not saying Mitch is going to have a bad game. I don't put guarantees out there. I'm just taking Fitz if you're giving me the choice. And that's that. So we have yeah, Trubisky. I, I would totally of, agree uh, with that because yeah. the Lions are actually 12th against opposing quarterbacks, you know, and they, they held they held Kirk Cousins to other seven points uh, last week. And you know, they, they've, they've been okay. I don't expect this to be a high-scoring game necessarily. Uh, so you have Trubisky at number 11, Roethlisberger at 12. Uh, Tom Brady at number 13. Seemed down here that much, but Tennessee uh, does a pretty good job taking the air out of the ball for everybody. Uh, Andy Dalton at number 14. Baker Mayfield at 15. Russ Wilson at 16. Alex Smith at 17. Nick Mullins. What's up, buddy? At number 18. Dak at 19. And Eli at 20. So... Give him a couple of interesting ones in there. Russ Wilson with a t- seemingly tough matchup, but the Rams have been uh, scorched in recent weeks uh, through the air, but uh, maybe not so much so this week. Well, let's focus on him then. Um, you can obviously comment on anybody else, but the Rams have given up a whole bunch of yardage and points to, granted, Aaron Rodgers and Brew- Drew Brees, but Russell Wilson's not too far out of that conversation. You think the Rams will be able to clean it up this week? Not necessarily. You know, I think the Seahawks are one of my favorite teams to cover. But, you know, this team runs the ball so well. And, and uh, you know, the Rams are really up there. I believe they're like uh, they're like third in the NFC or something like that in rushing yards. Uh, actually, like first in the NFC in rushing yards allowed. And, you know, the Seahawks are going to try to take the air out of the ball themselves. And when Wilson's going well, it's about efficiency. You know, it's not about volume. So you could have like a three-touchdown pass, 200-yard passing day. You're not going to get the yardage upside with Wilson. You know, that's why he's ranked down there. Jim, thoughts? Uh, Well, I I agree with Scotty. You know, again, if he's not throwing the ball, you know, more than 22 times, it's hard to see a lot of yardage coming out of him. But he could hit those numbers. We've seen him do that, you know, a few games ago where three touchdown passes, uh, 200 yards, and that's what we're getting out of him. You know, we'll take that as a fantasy owner. That still gets us, you know, where we want to be in the 20-plus column uh, in scoring. Um, But the Rams over the last five weeks, they're – Defense against the rush has actually been 25th in the league, giving up fantasy points in PPR leagues to opposing running backs and uh, really getting torched through the air against those running backs, which really doesn't play into Seahawks' strength. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, to to make a point, uh, Jim sent me a note during one of the breaks. I, I mentioned that Giants game. Uh, they were playing Minnesota a couple of years ago when the when the roof collapsed under the weight of the snow and they ended up playing the game on I believe it was Tuesday night in Detroit. So when we're talking about the Nick Mullins Eli thing, I would imagine that if the conditions remain as poor as they are, they will move that game somewhere. 
on Tuesday night, right? I, I would imagine that's the plan B, maybe even Wednesday, since it's a Monday night game. Maybe they wait it out, decide they can't play Monday. Let's fly somewhere, play the game on Wednesday. Bottom line is that's going to be brutal for those two teams because they'll end up playing a short week uh, no matter what. It's already a short week because it's Monday. It could be Tuesday or Wednesday before they end up playing that game. So uh, it could have an impact on the players ranging not just for week 10, but to week 11 as well. I know it's not the most important thing. We're just trying to figure out the formula to how this is all going to work. So uh, thanks for that note. Well, it Jim. doesn't affect San Francisco that way because in week 11, they actually get the buy. That's there, there you so go. it's really just going to affect the Giants and hopefully negatively, which works for me. Lose all the rest of your games, guys. There I want to see a one in fifteen season. So who's the guy you're you're yeah, they would, targeting? They, they could uh think they could move it to Oakland, you know, or somewhere close like that. You yeah, know, but it, I don't know that that'll help them. Somewhere else. If you move it from San Francisco to Oakland, the conditions may may remain the same. If you go down to yeah, L.A., same, they're yeah. they're dealing with wildfires as well. Yeah, I would imagine right. Denver would be the the venue, but who knows? I I, I have no I idea. Could go up to Seattle. Could do that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but. Um, nonetheless, to Jim's point, uh, San Francisco will be off after that, and the Giants will have to deal with um, whatever happens in Week 11. So, uh, okay, on these rankings, uh, we got down to Eli, then you got Marcus Mariota, 21. Gosh, really need the Titans to. I really need the Titans to pull off a miracle today. I don't know if it's a miracle, but I really need the Titans to pull something off today. I have them, as I've mentioned many times, over eight, and they're right down the middle right now, and I feel like it's going to be a sweat. For the rest of the year, it's a tough assignment for them, obviously. But uh, we'll see what happens with Mariota. Well, at least you there. saw some up uptick. Yeah, for he them. played well. A little promising hope last week. That second half, they looked good. Uh, I, I expected them yeah. to win, but uh, I, you know, I didn't think they'd blank Dallas in the second half. Uh, Dallas just just didn't look good. Yeah, they so just, there's hope. Yeah, there's hope. I, there's I mean, hope. you're going to lose the bet, but there's hope. <laughs> I, I'll, I I honestly think I'm going to push. I think they'll end up being eight and eight, so I'll push, which doesn't help me uh, that much. But nonetheless, that's where we're at. Derek Carr, twenty three. Blake Bortles. Uh, I guess the couple of guys we should mention for those people that have not been updated on all these quarterback situations that Josh McCown, who Scott has ranked twenty sixth, is starting for Sam Darnold. Brock Osweiler continues to start for Ryan Tannehill. He's at twenty seven. And Matt Barkley will step in at QB for everybody in Buffalo, and he's ranked 28. I, I can't say he's stepped in well, for Anderson way. or Allen or Why Peterman. Why do they even roster Peterman if they're not going to start him? I, I agree, actually. I think once Josh Allen comes back, well, Derek Anderson is trying to play golf, so he probably goes first. And then I think Nate Peterman is just riding out the rest of the year. He obviously can't play QB for that. He'll get cut and the Cardinals will sign him. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, so uh, any last thoughts uh, on on these rankings, Jim? I, I I ripped off a whole bunch of guys there. Now, look, we're, I'm just going to talk about Matt Stafford. I mean, uh, you know, hasn't lived up to expectations at all this year. They're trying to get more of a ground game established and carry on as looked good for them and, and you know is running better but Stafford is just not getting it done and they got a brutal schedule going forward he, he's a guy that you know he's going to be hard to start for the rest of the year and actually he's going to take down a lot of this Detroit offense with him Marvin Jones uh, Galladay and carry on Johnson are all going to be hard starts for the second half of the season if there's any chance you have in moving any of those players now would be the time to do it yeah I mean um, I think for a while there I was rostering both uh, Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan, and after Ryan's bye, I think we just cut him loose because we realized we only needed the one guy, and Stafford w just wasn't somebody that we were going to select over Matt Ryan in in any given week. Um, Jim's point about Matt Stafford not living up, up to expectations. I'm going to say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Matt Stafford is twentieth. In quarterback rankings right now. Oh, I was wondering what you were counting out. There's only like you know, the 16 games, uh, nope. 18 weeks. You no, got to no, bump no. those numbers. I'm trying to figure out what the heck you're counting. He's behind <laughs> Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Blake Bortles, <laughs> Bits, obviously. Uh, 
but he's yeah. But he's then again, ha- you look at those kind, same kind of names. Russell Wilson is right in that mix as well at yeah. number seventeen. Yeah, not far above, not far above him. So we'll come back. We'll do running backs after this. It's Mike Scott and Jim on FST Game Day Edition. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. If you enjoy playing DFS but are sick of dealing with pros using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at MyBookie.ag. So forget having to create multiple lineups and ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps, and if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to MyBookie.ag. Enter promo code FNTSY upon sign-up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. Keep rolling along over to the running back position right now. Go ahead. Can I interject one point? Please do. Uh, real quick, uh, just talk about a quick prop bet here. This is one I like. Um, you know, quarterbacks, you are just talking about prop bets on the, the commercial there. Um, Josh Rosen this week. They have him as over under two two 211.5 passing yards against Kansas City. Now, we saw him open up last week. We saw him, you know, Byron Leftwich get this offense uh, a little more open up. They got, you know, Fitzgerald involved. They got, you know, David Johnson a little bit more involved in the passing game. Hopefully that continues this week. But to me, you know, Josh Rosen against Kansas City, even in Kansas City where they play better defense, with him having to throw the ball probably 45, 50 times in this game to keep in the game, I have to think my personal opinion is the over 211 is a lock in this one. What's your guys' thoughts? The only quarterback, the only team that did not throw for that was Cincinnati in Week 7. Every other week this year, they've given up a minimum – of 245 yards passing. So I like you keeping eyes on that. Obviously, Vegas is projecting Rosen to be kind of bottom of the barrel here, but I'm with Jim. I just think there's too many pass attempts here, Scott. Yeah, I think there is. You know, the script would be either for them to somehow stay in the game, which you don't expect, or play from behind. And, you know, sometimes you got you have to, like, I, I think there's, there's such a casual knee-jerk reaction to playing from behind. Uh, I don't think it applies to this game, but I think people should remember it. Say, okay, you know that, well, they'll be playing from behind. Like, you know, the, the, the Jets will be playing from behind to expect them to pad their numbers. Some teams are not built to play from behind. They still go three and out while they're getting blown out. Uh, agreed. Uh, I, the, only, the, the, the way that this bet wouldn't work, Jim, and I'm not saying it won't, but the way you're just trying to look at the other side of it is that the Chiefs do a pretty good job of controlling the ball with Hunt. Arizona's trying to come back the other way to keep Mahomes off the field, feeding it to DJ. But the problem with the Cardinals hasn't been the fact that they don't want to give it to DJ is that they can't do it efficiently because the offensive line stinks. So I think it still well, leads back to your point. They involved enough in the passing game, yeah. Yeah, I think it leads back to your point uh, either way that I don't think that Arizona would be able to take the air out of the ball that much. I think the Chiefs are just going to run with the Chiefs run. Like you, The one thing you know about an Andy Reid team, we see a lot of patterns from him. The one thing that he never diverts from is that scripted first 15 to 20 plays. It's boom, 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 down the field. He already knows what he's calling. It's just like a piece of music that he's written each and every week, and you can see it. It's just an onslaught from from the beginning. And if you're not ready to go and you're not making plays, it's why the Chiefs get on top of you quickly. Right, Scott? Yeah, it's, you know, they they pretty much have their way with whatever they want, you know, using uh, using RPO so well. 
uh, run pass option, and you know, just so many, and just the mentality of Patrick Mahomes, like you know, not how much he trusts his arm and not to give up on a play. Uh, other throws that other quarterbacks wouldn't be willing to make, he he not only is willing to make them, but he makes them. Jim, you watched Andy Reid for a long time, obviously going up against your Giants and in the league in general, and. That's the one thing I he just gets on top of people by calling the plays that he knows will work. And and by the way, he's, he's brilliant offensively. People can take yeah. chip away at him for head coaching decisions and clock management. But the reality is he's a brilliant offensive coach. There's nothing. Yeah, you can't you can't say anything opposite. He always continues to show that. And like you said, he does have his side effects where his clock management has always been a problem for him. But when it comes to devising offensive game schemes, uh, he is one of the best in the game. You know, he, he is a true innovator when it comes to that. And we're seeing this year, especially that, you know, innovations in the offensive game plans are, are the teams that are dominating the league right now. Yeah, it's it's lined up so perfectly for Pat Mahomes. I, I had my doubts because he was a big 12 quarterback, but the, the manner in which the league has progressed and him working with Andy Reid and his style of play is just lining up where you can see he's part of the new era of the NFL or the next generation of the NFL that would be very successful. You can tell almost immediately. I lost all doubts about Pat Mahomes. The first time he threw a left-handed pass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'll see. You're going to have two Tagovailoa in the league before long as a, as a true lefty, not a, not just an amphibious one. Uh, So, uh, and anyway, you guys get that amphibious, not amphibious. amphibious? Yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> ambidextrous, amphibious. Anyway, Aquaman. Uh, so uh, let's go to Scott's <laughs> running back rankings. Uh, no surprise. These are PPR rankings. We'll do. You can you can go to the exclusive edge package for these rankings and check standard rankings. But we just do PPR because Boo. it's the. Uh, it's the uh, it's in vogue right now, and I know Jim has some objections to that, but it is what it is. So uh, Todd, Gro- I hate standard yeah, leagues. Yeah, with the times. Oh, you hate standard leagues. Oh, I do. I hate standard leagues. With well, passion. We we've worked with a guy in the past, Drew Loftus. He's a New York Post writer, really good guy. He's been a guest on our shows many many times, and yep. he's anti PPR. So he he totes the line for standard leagues and uh, eschews PPR leagues altogether. I personally think half point PPR is the sweet spot, but that's probably a debate for another show. I I play in all. I actually don't play in any standard leagues anymore. I yeah, haven't played in, any, in a long time. Right? Yeah, I, I think. See, half for point me, PPR. look, look. I, I know PPR goes a little over the top when you're getting a point for a negative one yard reception or point nine in that case. Right. Uh, you know, a point for a one yard reception. Uh, you know, I get that, but the. The fact of the matter is PPR lets more NFL players become fantasy viable. And to I me, agree. that just takes the game to a different level. That's all. I agree. Uh, that, that's yeah, why how, I like how many, well. how many throws in a game do you actually like, you know, see for like a, a screen pass that gets tackled in the backfield? It's an exception. People people make well, too much of it. Well, except for the Giants. Yeah, Jim, Jim stole my line, but that's true. Wait, Unless wait a minute. No, that's, that's not true. It sounds funny, but it's not true. It does sound I funny. I know it's funny, but it is funny. It is funny. No, it's more funny. Get off your high funny. horse. It's funny. All right. So, Get off your incorrect horse. <laughs> so uh, PPR rankings right here for running backs. It's a unicorn. Yeah. Exclusive edge package. <laughs> Todd Gurley at one, Kareem Hunt at two, Alvin Kamara at three, Mel Gordon at four, Saquon Barkley at five, James Conner at six. Uh, so he had a good game the other night. Have we heard what the story was? Was that concussion protocol? Was concussion. that something yes. beyond that? Because the yeah, inter- we spoke to Doctor Ray. On, yeah, tell me about. We that. spoke to Doctor Ray on Friday, and you know what happened was they let him back in the game, but then they brought him back out as a precaution. You know, when the game kind of got out of hand. But the but the assumption. So yeah, I just want to make sure I have this right. But the assumption is that he passed concussion protocol. They let him back in, and as the game got out of hand, they just said, you know what, you don't need to play anymore. It wasn't that. He was still exactly. suffering side effects. Is that fair? Exactly. From okay. what we know, that's fair. We we just yeah, don't good know. Point, you know, right. even Doctor A is trying to do this through a television screen. So, I mean, I I love. No, he's not. Listening to what he's actually, actually, with all due respect, you know, he's not. You know, the inside injuries. You know, gets a lot of information before they throw anything out there. Fair point. 
So fair enough, but they're not yeah. doing the actual diagnosis, is what I'm saying. Well, that's neither here nor there. You know, it's uh, you don't have to be diagnosing that actual player to know what's going on. You know, it's a debate that we've had in the past and why back inside injuries. All due respect to you, Jim. You know, I'm not trying to disrespect your point, but inside injuries doesn't throw anything out there. You know, they've they have like actual NFL team doctors working on their staff. So. So there we go. So James Conner came in at number six. He actually had a good game. He just didn't have this number of carries that you would normally see uh, from him on a weekly basis. Zeke Elliott comes in at number seven. Uh, Joe Mixon comes in at number eight. James White at nine. Leonard Fournette, he's back, folks. Comes in at number 10. I'll pause there, Jim. Going up against Indianapolis. What's your confidence level with Leonard Fournette? You put him out there. You're saying it's a good matchup. He's healthy. I'm just going to play him. It is a good matchup. Uh, he's supposedly healthy, but, you know, he hasn't finished the single game he started this year, and that's only two. Um, you know, it, it surprises me a little coming from Scott because Scott is almost always the first one to say, you know, it's hard to trust players coming back from injury, and Scott puts him in the top ten. You know, I get it. Good good matchup. If he is fully healthy, he should get a huge workload in this game. Uh, trying to take the onus off of Bortles and the mistakes away from Bortles. I get it. I just, I'm having a hard time trusting him. You know, like we saw with Cook last week, at least we saw him get involved now. I have a little more faith in him going forward. Uh, for me, I, I want to see a little bit of Fournette before I'm really dumping him in there. But look, with the state of the running back situations now there's so many guys that are iffy every week anyway if you've been sitting on him and you know if it comes down to him or Edo Smith I'm going to play him so you know it really does depend on what your other choices are but 10 would be a little high for me uh, you know it's uh, it's a gamble but you know Scotty likes to take gambles I don't blame him Scott what are your thoughts on I don't Fournette? know if it's necessarily a gamble and you know, and nothing I say is absolute. You know, it depends on what the type of injury is and how long the guy has been out and how long he's rested. And, you know, again, talking inside injuries here, you know, he's more than reached his optimal recovery time. They've rested him for, what, six weeks now? So I'm not worried about him, you know, not being in game shape or ready to go or not take advantage of the matchup against a team that ranks 20th in running back points. The thing I will say, you know, in favor of what Jim says, they still call him an elevated injury risk, you know, because, you know, mentally he might have to compensate. Uh, you know, they're thinking like, okay, you know, I did have this injury, you know, maybe I'll have to compensate with another body part. And some players are more injury risk than others. But, you know, in terms of recovery time, I'm not really worried at all about him. And then you you look back at some of the guys behind him and, you know, everybody's a risk. You know, they didn't bring him back before he's ready. They're not, they're not playing a Dalvin Cook with it. They sat this guy out for a very long time. Uh, true, they did, finally. <clears throat> Chris McCaffrey comes in at number 11. David Johnson at 12. We were just talking about him uh, earlier. Nick Chubb at 13. Tevin Coleman at 14. Marlon Mack at 15. Duke Johnson at 16. I'm going to pause there. You have two Browns there, but this does line up well. Atlanta has... Look, Atlanta's winning games because of their offense. Uh, they took it to Washington last week. But uh, Duke Johnson went 9-for-9 nine nine last week. Targets to receptions, Jim. The touchdowns are probably a bit of an anomaly, the fact that he scored twice. But we've seen now, because guys like Antonio Callaway, Rashard Higgins, are kind of in and out of the lineup, not a big part of the offense, it seems that the touches are concentrating to Chubb, Landry, and now Johnson. And for those of you that waited on Duke Johnson for as long as you did, you might get, be getting rewarded here in the back half of the year. Do you feel like this might be a consistent pattern for Duke? Oh, I hope so. I, you know, yeah, the coaching changes, they have to get somebody else involved. Look, they're trying to get a number two wide receiver, and nobody's really stepped up. Callaway is continues to have his issues. Nobody else has really claimed that job with any, any kind of force. Um, you know, so they need somebody else to step up. They they need to take a little bit of the pressure in the passing game off of Jarvis Landry so he's not being consistently double teamed. Uh, you have to give him somebody else. And Duke Johnson gives them a little bit of that. S safeties are going to have to come, you know, a little bit more towards the box to be able to deal with Duke Johnson coming out of that backfield and catching passes. So, you know, it's a smart move on their half. You know, both of these guys ha have a great matchup today. Atlanta is being doused both 
on the ground and through the air. My only concern with Chubb, and this has been one of my hardest things for me personally this week, is whether or not you know he doesn't see those 20 touches if Atlanta gets out to a really big lead. But you know that was the concern last week against Kansas City, and he still saw the ball 22 times. So you know I get both of these guys, and there's a very good chance both of these guys have very solid fantasy games. Scott, a few questions for you. Um, Tevin Coleman, you like him here, obviously. So you got all, all three running backs in this game, Chubb, Coleman, Duke Johnson. I, I, I'm not trying to dismiss Edo Smith, but I think it's clear that he, he's the least valuable of the four. Um, you like all three of these guys to have some solid games here. You have them all right at the top of the RB2 discussion. So, um, And a lot of it could be done through the passing game. Jim's point about Chubb uh, notwithstanding 22 touches, but Tevin Coleman you have here in the mix as well. Yeah, and uh, you know, the, the Falcons allow the the third most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs, second in the NFC, 30.8 per points per game on ESPN uh, standard score. They allow the most catches to uh, opposing running backs with 68. So you like Duke Johnson. And then, you know, you look on the other side of the ball, and the Browns have allowed the most rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs. Uh, they've allowed a dozen so far. And that makes you like both Tevin Coleman. And if, if you're if you're desperate for another running back, you can even pop Edo Smith in there. Uh, can you explain the James White, Sony Michelle uh, conundrum today? You have James White. You're feeling pretty good about him. Uh, Sony Michelle, you have down at 19. Concerns about a pitch count for Sony Michelle, Scott? Not concerns about a pitch count necessarily to the point where it would be like, uh, you know, like 8 to 10 carries. But, you know, I, I think you know, he's probably he, – he's one week away from uh, what inside injury says is his optimal recovery time. And uh, I don't know if they're going to have to hammer him back into the mix, but, you know, there's always the potential for a 100-yard day and a rushing touchdown, so you got to rank him top 15. James White will carry the ball less than he has in the last three weeks or so, but still a PPR monster. You know what I think, Jim? I think Sonny Michelle either goes out there and plays a good game because he's totally fine, or he goes out there, he plays two snaps. And he was a decoy this whole week. That's that's how I feel. That's where the Patriots have me after many years of watching him. That's how I feel about Sonny Michelle. And I'm probably not going to play him in almost all my leagues. Yeah, not only that, plus you got to, it's a tough matchup for him. You know, Tennessee yeah. is one of the better defenses in the league against the run. They're number four on the season, but number three over the last uh, five weeks. They've only allowed two rushing touchdowns, actually two touchdowns to the running back position at all. Uh, so, you know, Add in the injury, add in the fact that, you know, we're not sure he's going to make it through the game, um, and the fact that Tennessee is playing such a good run defense. It really, you know, 19, it could be a little generous, but, you know, in that offense, he could easily score two plunging touchdowns, which is always the fate of a New England running back. Uh, But like you said, it's hard to trust him that he's in there the whole game. We may see, uh, if they get out to a big lead, we may see Corderell Patterson in there so they can save Michelle. Yeah, I'll ask got a couple of questions about the running back position when we come back before we move over to wide receivers. Scott, is Chris Carson going to play today, or is it Mike Davis all the way? It's a game-time decision. He didn't practice all week, so even if Carson plays, I'm not going to use him. Uh, I strongly recommend Mike Davis. So we'll come back. We'll do a couple more right after the break.